0: Welcome, I'm Cindy McMillan, and this is Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. Today, we are talking about the Year of the Tiger. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Before I introduce my guest, would you do me a quick favor? I don't say this nearly enough, but if you want to support the show, the number one thing you can do is share it to your social media and tag me. That will help me get the word out, and I'd be forever grateful. All right, friend, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Jillian Rothschild Scholar. Jillian is a classically trained feng shui expert, and her foundational training is in the ancient wisdom of the over 400-year-old Wu Chang feng shui mastery lineage. Jillian has been working in a private feng shui consultancy since 2010. She uses the wisdom of ancient time-tested methods, systems, and applications while offering practical solutions for modern lifestyles. One of her strengths is that she simplifies the intricate details so clients can take immediate action to enhance the physical, emotional, and or spiritual aspects of their lives. Jillian, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm so honored to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me. I always enjoy talking with you.
0: Yeah, and I do and want to mention your return guest. I interviewed you in September of 2021. And that episode was titled, What is Feng Shui with Jillian Rothschild Scholar. And we had so much fun. We're doing it again. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me back. So today is really about the Chinese New Year. And that will occur on Tuesday, the 1st of February, 2022. And that's going to be the year of the tiger,
1: Right. So there are something like 40 calendars all over the world that people use. We have a Gregorian calendar. There's different calendars for different um, faiths. Um, And actually in Chinese, there's two different calendars. There's a lunar calendar and a solar calendar. So when we talk about the Chinese New Year, it can sometimes be represented on the lunar calendar could be January, it could be later in February. It changes pretty significantly because it's lunar calendar. In my work, I use the Shaw calendar, which is a farmer's calendar. It's like it's a solar calendar and it's fascinatingly accurate. It records the passage of time and is a wonderful tool used for forecasting. And it holds all the information about time represented in what are called the four pillars of destiny. It's a chart. It's in a Chinese astrology chart that has um, a year, a month, day, and an hour, and it uses the five elements that we talk about in uh, Chinese metaphysics. So the difference is that the lunar calendar is really the more commonly celebrated date that you would actually probably see on the calendar that you get at the grocery store. But the the solar calendar, because the solar calendar only vacillates between a few hours every year, is very specific and, and accurate and that's what we use for forecasting. So when, when I'm talking about the Chinese New Year and I'm talking about the things that I'm predicting, I'm using the solar calendar.
0: So when will the year of
1: the tiger be starting for the solar calendar? That's a great question. It starts February 4th of 22 at 4.52 in the morning. It's very precise there. Very precise. <laughs> <laughs> it's either a month, day, and an hour. Like, it's a very specific time. And the lunar calendar date this year is February 1st. So you can already see that there's some vacillation between the there's days between. And that's what one of the things that makes the solar calendar so interesting is that it's almost always February 4th every year.
0: So... We are going to be talking about the year of the tiger. Can we start off with what is special about the year of the tiger?
1: There's a lot of special things about the year of the tiger. Um, Well, first of all, the tiger is represented by an element uh, um, that is combined with it. So when we talk about the year of the tiger, we also give it an element that goes with it. It could be a year of the fire tiger. It could be a wood tiger. It could be a metal tiger this year. It's a water tiger. So, When we talk about the elements in Chinese metaphysics, we're always talking about what represents it. And so we talk a lot about imagery. So when we talk about the water tiger this year, we're talking about the imagery of the ocean, massive water that comes from the sea, deep emotion, you know, the deep emotions of the ocean, the secrets that are held in the ocean. So that is the element that goes with the animal sign of the tiger the tiger itself also carries its own element. It carries the element of wood, Um, wood element. In this case, when we look at the imagery of this wood element, we think about it as like an oak tree, something that's very sturdy, something that is very difficult to move, something that has deep roots. Yeah. So that is one of the things that makes this particular year special. And so in order to know if the water element or the wood element is going to be beneficial to you, the thing to do is to look at your own four pillars of destiny chart that you're born with. So your your Chinese astrology chart is like a time and space coordinate, if you will, like a, a moment of time when you're born and it is representing your own energy with animal signs and elements. And so it's helpful to know your own chart so that you can see, oh, this water element is something I need because my chart doesn't have a lot of water elements. So it can be beneficial for you.
0: And thanks for talking about you know what's going to be special about the year of the tiger but can you talk specifically how we can find out if we are a tiger
1: Oh, absolutely so on my website one of the things to do that is super easy I have something called a, 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 a it's ba a bazi calculator so my website is fSnmotion.com and then you can just do slash bazi hyphen calculator. And you can put in your own birthday information and the gender that you are assigned at the time of your birth. And it will spit out a calculation for you. It'll do the chart for you. It's pretty amazing. You get all this wonderful information. You get your lifestyle number. You get lucky directions that you can use. Um, and you also get a very basic uh, Bazi chart so that you can see which animal signs represent your hour, your year, the month, the day that you're born. If you don't know your time of birth, that's okay. You can still use a calculator and get three-fourths of the information, which is still a lot. Because when you go to the Chinese restaurant and you sit at the placemat, right? And you're like waiting for your food and you look at the placemat and you go, oh, I was born in the year of the snake. And then you read the description. You might be like, oh, that sort of sounds like me. Oh, it doesn't really sound like me so much. And that's because it's only representing the year that you were born, but you also have a month and a day. So people who are born with this combination of water tiger, we call it a pillar. Usually people like this either are very timid or extremely aggressive. Um, The person could be highly sensitive in personality and temperament. Usually someone who operates on intuition could be a bit of a purist, someone with an uncompromising mindset or a one-track mind, someone who is spiritually intelligent, exceptionally high learning ability, could be someone who is interested in spiritual enlightenment or spiritual practice, have a great understanding of human emotions. That's when the person's at their best, right? And so babies born after February 4th this year are going to have this, which is like super comforting as we age. That means there's a whole group of people who are going to be like spiritually enlightened, which makes me feel better about the world. (laughs) And so, I mean, everything has a yin and yang. Everything has a positive and negative. So this is when people are at their best. And that's one of the things that, that we look at this year because if babies are born with this element in their chart, one of the things that we're going to be experiencing when we, when this energy comes in is that we also may be interested in spiritual activity, spiritual practice, spiritual enlightenment, um, connecting to our guides and angels and, and using our subconscious to help manifest the things that we want. So in my opinion, we can say 2022 is going to be big with spirituality
0: Oh, and I love hearing that because you know this podcast is about people who are on a spiritual journey. Yeah. So that I love that.
1: It's a little woo-woo out there, but one of the other really cool things about this year that we're getting is we get this like B12 shot uh, in February. So not only is it a year, but the month of February has the same uh, pattern, has the same pillar as the year, and then it's like, and then there's more, and then February 18th at 3:27 in the morning. The pillars are the same for all four. They're all identical. And we call that a Fu Yin chart. Really what that means is everything is very still and very open because Fu Yin means nothing changes. So at that moment in time, February 18th at 327 in the morning, this is a really good time to do some manifestation work, to, to get up in the middle of the night and do some meditation and do some, if you have a spiritual practice, start thinking about what it is that you want to create for your year and for your life. Um, and be asking if if asking is part of your practice for what you need to know in order to be better and do better, and that can really help you out with if you have been procrastinating on something, if you have been holding yourself back, you can use this as a time to give yourself a, a jump start.
0: Jillian, thank you for going over that
1: because I you know February eighteenth at three twenty seven in the morning, you it's know. all time so your time right, it's wherever you are in the world at three twenty seven. Okay, I was
0: was just fixing to ask you that. Does it mean which time zone are we in so we all get up at the right time? If
1: you have an event at 3.27 in the morning and people come all over the world, it's only going to be meaningful for the people that are in your time zone. (laughs) When you say talk about the year, okay, so the year itself has water element. This is going to be a dominant element in the year. In addition to that, one of the things that we look for in Chinese metaphysics is that we look for balance. And actually, I know that we can't see this because it's a podcast, but if you actually looked at the chart itself for the year, it's a very out of balance chart because there's a lot of water, there's a lot of wood element, those are dominant. And so in Chinese metaphysics, when we see things that are out of balance, we want to see what the representations are so we can identify what to look for. So water element, all the elements have an association with a number a color, an emotion, a part of the body, a relationship. We want to know how things are going to behave. And when we see lots of water element, it indicates fear. When we see lots of wood element, it indicates anger. So it's almost like what you can, and if you think of the imagery of a tree, you can almost see someone standing firmly rooted in their principles, afraid of something changing and getting really angry. (laughs) It's almost like anger management is going to be an issue this year. Um, The good news is that this particular year does not have any metal element. Now, technically, that's not a good thing. We don't really want an element to be missing. However, metal element usually indicates destruction. So if there are people that are having conflicts or if there's fighting going on, it's unlikely to escalate into something that involves like war. (laughs) We don't really want to have something like that in our lives. Uh, Although I think that there's likely to be demonstrations. There may be parts of the world where there'll be upheaval or social unrest or, I don't want to, sort of like a revolution, not like coup. A coup is like a military thing. It's not really like that, but it's more like social, un, dis, disparate social class uprising, um, especially if it's a part of the world where it, that's already, it's like a, you know, Central America or Central Africa or something like that, um, could certainly see some uprising uh, in the social environment because... There has been so much disparity between money and power. And then when we get this extra water element and we get this extra wood element, people can start to get really angry and get really afraid of their livelihood and start to rise up, if you will, for lack of a better term. Does that answer that question for you? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And
0: so if there's going to be, let's say, um, big changes in this year, how do we, if we're not a tiger, how do we handle those changes?
1: That's a great question. Um, one of the things that's very helpful to do is to know which elements in your ch- own chart are out of balance. So you can go to the site and you can pull your own chart, and just by color and by words, you can see do I have a lot of fire in my chart? Do I have a lot of metal in my chart? And when you know that, you can see, oh, my chart needs water element. Oh, my chart needs wood element. And if that's true in your chart, because your chart may already be at a little bit out of balance then you can say that you're going to benefit from the energy coming in this year. And that may mean that you, you work harder, that you, you, ta- you get an education, you go back to school, you pick up a new skill, you do something where you're going to help solve people's problems. Um, if, if relationships are important to you, you may find that you are interested in developing a network or finding romance this year. Um, and so all of those things can be possible. Everybody can have a great year. Even if the elements that are coming in are not favorable for you, it's helpful to understand what that element means and what kind of energy it carries so that you can plan accordingly. If your chart does not need wood element or your chart does not need water element, then it's important to focus on other aspects of your chart and other elements so that you can take action. I mean, energy favors action. So instead of being at the effect of the energy, you can take action on something else And then balance that just through your action. Jillian, that's so informative
0: for us that, you know, when you say that energy loves action, I may not have said it exactly the way you did, but energy loves action. Yes. And so just being able to have our chart and realize, you know, we need to take action and actually doing that is just beneficial for us in general, but especially this year.
1: Yeah. This year is also super interesting because. All of the 12 months this year carry energy, right? So we have a year energy and each month carries energy. So it is every day and every hour. And every month this year is like a little preview for the coming 12 years because the energy of March this year is the same energy as 2023. The energy of April this year is the same energy as 2024. The energy of May, the month of May this month is the energy of 2025 and so on. It goes on for the, all of the 12 months. And so what's really interesting is that I'm encouraging people to take note of the things that happen each month. Take note of the amazing stuff. Take note of the challenging stuff. And then when the corresponding year shows up, you can look back on it and go, this month was really great. I'm going to take action on my career. This month, maybe a different month. A different month was really stru- it was stressful, or I didn't feel good, or I had to travel. And I didn't like it you know, were things that were challenging for you, or maybe, maybe you had a conflict with your boss or something at work I and mean, something, anything can happen, right? And so you would want to take note of that so that when the year comes, that corresponding year comes, you can really plan ahead and you can make action items set for yourself and goals so that you can work with that energy.
0: Jillian, just make, I just want to make sure I understand that. So like in March, that's going to be 2023, and you
1: said it's going to be the energy of 2023. Right. So it's like we get a preview. It's like a trailer, right? Like when you watch a movie, you get to see the trailer, and you get really excited, like, "Oh, this this movie looks great. I definitely want to see that movie." So then, if the month of March is beneficial for you, or you have a really good month, you might really look forward to 23. And be like, "Oh, this is great. I I got into a relationship, and I you know people were nice to me, and I felt like I was productive at work, and I, my network grew." Or People were engaged with the things that I was doing, like something like that, right? And then 23 comes around. You can go, okay, if March was really good and these things happen, then what that means is I'm going to expand my offerings. I'm going to grow my business. I'm going to make more of an effort to network. I want to have a stronger relationship with with people. So I'm going to go on more dates. <laughs> if you're looking for a romance, whatever it is that it means for you. And then you would do the same thing in April. You would look at the month of April this year. And go, okay, what's the amazing stuff that happened and what was the challenging stuff that happened? And then when 2024 comes around, you can look at your notes and go, okay, in 2024, it re- it reminds me of the energy of April of that month in 22. And so that month wasn't so great. And maybe what I'm going to do is I'm going to plan to go on vacation or I'm going to make a job change in advance because I had a fight with my boss that month. And so you're going to take action in advance and you can plan accordingly. And this is really how you use this information so that you can sculpt your own destiny and you're not an effect of the stuff that happens. You are you are making choices and taking action so that your life changes. All right. So everybody that is listening to this, go out and get your journal
0: now so we can take really good notes for, so we know what's coming and we can
1: take that action. Yeah, I'm going to include in the show notes, I have this amazing essential guide for the year of the tiger that I made, and it's free. So you can go to the um, the link for the essential guide. And in the essential guide, I made a manifestation mastery section. And in that section, it has all the calendar months so that you can track it. And then you can use that as a reference points. So you'll want to hang on to that, make notes, set a note a reminder on your calendar at least once a month, maybe at the end of the month to remind yourself like what was good, what was challenging for that month, and then keep that as a record for the future years.
0: Oh, thanks, Jillian. I definitely will put that in the show notes. Everybody will love that. Thanks. So we've, we've talked about what's going to happen in the year of the tiger. We've talked about the qualities of, um, of the tiger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And is there any symbology for the year of the tiger that we should be aware of?
1: Um, well, I think one of the things that's really important to be aware of is that these months have a ripple effect. So we're going to get a preview for the coming 12 years. And the other thing that's super interesting is that one of the other systems that we use in feng shui is something called flying stars. Flying stars is a system of calculating how energy moves and behaves. And it it's very popular because it works quickly compared to other feng shui methods. It's a very popular system to talk about each year. So so these stars what are these stars stars are unseen energy that behave in very distinct ways based on the environment that you're in and when we say the word fly it just means that the energy is not stagnant it keeps changing its position so as the name implies annual flying stars exert their energy for only one year so you can only get the influence for for one year and what's interesting about this particular year if anybody knows anything about feng shui even just the tiniest little bit Um, there's a a chart called a low shoe. And the low shoe shows the original home positions of the flying stars. And this year, all the positions of the annual flying stars are the same as the original natal home positions on the low shoe chart. That's really interesting to people like me because what does that mean? It means that the stars that are visiting are pretty comfortable. It's like hanging out with good friends. If the environment supports the energy of the star, then the stars are going to pave behave in a nice way. And we want to know this just like we want to know when our in-laws are coming. (laughs) We want to know how they're going to behave. How long are they going to be there? Where are they going to be staying? What kind of mood are they going to be in when they get here so that everybody can get along? So this particular year, from the feng shui flying star perspective, this is a really great time to be experimenting with the spaces of your home because virtually every area of your house can be used. Some years, the energy combinations are not favorable. Um, this year, they're great. <laughs> it's just the energy combinations are great for the year and the, the energies are going home. So it means the, the stars that are favorable are super favorable and they're great. And the stars that are unfavorable for you are not going to be helpful at all.
0: That is very, very interesting that the stars are
1: in their original positions. Yeah.
0: I mean, that, that's got to mean something metaphysically, right?
1: We're not actually, we, we, none of, none of the people listening, well, maybe one or two people who are listening are going to ever see this energy again. And we won't see it again for another 180 years. This particular pattern with this particular energy, with the young water tiger, with the stars, the way they are, da, 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 there's a long list of things that make things the way they are. And so we're not going to see this again for a really long time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So th- I really am encouraging people to take advantage of this year because I I want people to know. What the the hot spots are in their houses. I want them to be aware of the the energy of the months that are coming in so that they can plan for the next 12 years because you really can sculpt your life when you can know how to take action. And it's just unfortunate, like this is a podcast, right? (laughs) It's a huge topic and we can't cover every little nuance. Um, And plus some of it is visual, like you do have to like look and learn at a chart um, but it is, it's is—it's a wonderful system for people who have not ever experienced Chinese astrology or ever taken a look at feng shui. This is a really good year to start learning about it because the next nine and 12 years as we cycle through the energy, this gives you a, a base point. It's almost like when I first started learning feng shui, it was over a decade ago. And it was super complicated because the charts were moving, things were changing, da, da, da. I almost want to say to people like, this is a really exciting and magical time because you can start here and it's really easy. <laughs> can, can you
0: recommend a couple of books that somebody, like if they're listening to you and they're going, Oh my gosh, this sounds so interesting. Yeah. Get a couple yeah. of books that they could just go out and get yeah. and start reading to learn. Yeah.
1: I um, I mean, I have read hundreds of books so it's a couple that I can recommend. So I don't have a book, so I can't promote my own book, but I can promote the book of a couple of my teachers. One person who is a wonderful scholar, his name is Dr. Ske- Steven Skinner. I don't even know if he uses doctor. He, his name is Steven Skinner. All, he's a scholar and all of his books are really, really interesting. Um, and they're very detailed and they're usually pretty advanced. If somebody is a little newer and they want a gentler introduction, my teacher, her name is uh, Denise Liotta Dennis, um, again, that's Denise Liotta Dennis. She has some really wonderful books on feng shui and wealth and feng shui and relationships and feng shui and health. Um, and when I was a student with her, we kind of used them as a textbook. So they they provide a really, of course, the training that I did with her was private mentoring and like, all the real stuff is in the private mentoring, but her books are very, very good. Um, she writes really well. She writes very clearly um, and, the, and the information is quite solid because it's all through our lineage. Um, her books are great. And then you know, there's just feng shui for dummies. <laughs> like right. it's a good place to start. I mean, I'm a classically trained practitioner. And so I I subscribe to those kinds of books that um, have deep knowledge. I I started my practice with more Western approach. And I just found that it kind of didn't really hold for me. That's the only way I can explain it. It just felt like I was running around correcting things all the time. And that's not really what we want with feng shui. We want to set up your feng shui so that you're using the spaces. You don't have to put tchotchkes and trinkets and you don't have to feel like you have to paint your walls every year because the energy is changing. And it's not really how feng shui is meant to be used. And so for me, I was really drawn to learning about classical feng shui because I felt it was more meaningful. It was deeper rooted in the classic texts and in ancient tradition. I just find that sometimes feng shui is marketed as design, interior design and um, staging and, there are aspects of feng shui that those system those those practices those professions are good for, but I don't. That's not what I I work with energy. I don't work with aesthetics. <laughs> Jillian, thanks for saying that
0: because I think a lot of people do think of when they're thinking about feng shui, they're thinking about. You're right. How things are marketed. Which way is our door facing? Do we need red in this particular room?
1: We have to put our toilet seats down or our money's gonna flush away. Yeah, like those are myths that I just don't subscribe to. I mean, I don't keep my toilet seat up because it's gross. Like, I, it's not because my money's gonna flush. I just don't need to look at the toilet.
0: So, you're, so your um, training is more, am I right in saying it's more spiritual?
1: It's really a classical approach to feng shui and Chinese astrology. So, I'm a classically trained practitioner. It happens to be that what I've learned is that. When people get into feng shui, usually they start to go down a spiritual path because we understand that there is three aspects called the cosmic trinity, heaven luck, human luck, and earth luck. Heaven luck is like your DNA. You can't change it. You're it's just what you're born with. You're born at a specific time. You have a family, you have your parents, you're born in a particular part of the world. That's just p- prescribed, if you will. And then when you age and you start to make your own choices and you have your own free will, then that's your human luck. That is part of what shapes your destiny. And then the earth luck is your physical environment, your home, your office, the space that you live, the part of the world that you live in. That's the feng shui. So as I age and as I get deeper and deeper into this every year, I just know that there's, I understand and I believe that there's so much more to this as a whole as a holistic practice. And so spirituality is important to me.
0: Do you have any, I know that you've had teachers and everything um, that you've worked with, but do you have any mentors and what was one of the most important lessons that you learned from them?
1: I, a number of years ago, I started connecting with a gentleman named Mark Silver uh, who is a Sufi teacher and i'm a nice jewish girl from ohio who does feng shui <laughs> and and then i run into this guy who's who is was raised jewish and is now a sufi teacher and it just the things the way that he interpreted the information in sufism was in was in a way that was very digestible to me and really made me feel comforted about being connected to the spiritual guide and and the and the love the divine energy that is incredibly supportive in a different way than, than I learned from my religious practice. Um, and so I found that to be super helpful. And as an adult, um, that's not for everybody, right? There are people who have very meaningful religious practices that are, that are deeply spiritually connected. So I just really encourage people to, to, to engage in a spiritual practice that's meaningful for them. I also find that, I mean, it's just super interesting. Like Taoist practices are super interesting. (laughs) They're super interesting. And um, in a lot of ways are very comforting as well. And I think that it's just very helpful to understand the cyclical nature of energy, the perpetual exchange of equal and opposite forces, and that there is something on another dimension that is not human that helps and a spiritual aspect. If that, I don't know if that answers your question.
0: <laughs> no, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. That's why this year is so
1: interesting because there's a good chance that everybody's going to be into it. Every, not everybody, but so many more people are going to be interested in spiritual practice, in meditation, perhaps in eating clean and being aware of what's going on in their bodies, being aware of your emotional state and your mental state, um, and all of that is can can be part of a spiritual practice.
0: So if you could go back and talk to your 18 year old self. I've changed this question since the last time you were on the podcast. Cause I used to say, what advice would you give to her? And now what, I, what I've really asked people is what would you thank your 18 year old self for?
1: I love that question. You ask the best questions. Um, <laughs> I, I would thank myself for, for persevering. At 18, you're in this—you've got like one foot into adulthood barely, and you're kind of in this awkward teenage phase where there's still hormones going on. And I think that there's a lot of times where people can get misguided or feel ungrounded or not not know what's going on, and that can bring a lot of fear. And I think that I would I would thank myself for persevering because I know there are people out there who don't who don't want to continue on in the world. And um, my teenage years were not fun. <laughs> I will say I was a really awkward kid. And so I'm glad that I stuck with it. And um, I kept learning and kept going and kept growing. And was really committed to my own advancement. I went through a whole self-help period around that time. (laughs) And that's really how I found feng shui. Like, I think I read every self-help book that was out there. And I stumbled upon feng shui books, and it took me down a different path.
0: You know i think if we when we go back if we could thank our 18 year old self or what would we say to our 18 year old self it's these years that have gone on that we've had learned so much and gained so much wisdom that they have to go through to get where we are now that it would be yeah.
1: great to give them a hint <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i just want to say like thanks to my 18 year old self and i and anybody who's younger who may be struggling. People need so much compassion. And I just want to encourage people to be kind and gentle with each other because people need so much compassion and so much kindness right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, our time, I cannot believe has already flown by. I know. Can you tell people how they can find you, how they can work with you? And yes. I will make sure that I have in the show notes the the calendar and also your um, what did you call it?
1: The Essential Guide. Yeah. Essential so Essential Guide. The Essential Guide really provides some information about how to track the things that are happening this year and um, some other information about the, the energy of the year. Um, so people can find me. Um, for anybody who is this, Uh my name is Jillian Rothschild Scholar, and I'm the owner and consultant at Feng Shui in Motion. I help ambitious people who are feeling like there's something a bit off in their life and they're looking for someone they can trust to get clarity, enabling them to confidently move forward. You can find me at my site, www.fsinmotion.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram.
0: Jillian, thank you again for being on the podcast. I have loved it.
1: Thanks very much. I look forward to talking with you again.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.